Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Let's get the party started. When was the last time you shit your pants? You think I'm a damn fool? I shit my pants last night. <laughs> it's a beautiful planet. Well, it's a moon. For sure. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Put that in your package, folks. What's up, everybody? Josh, Clearing Waivers Podcast, coming at you for another episode of the Clearing Waivers Podcast. How are you doing? Hope you're doing great. Um, we appreciate you stopping by for another week of listening to us yell or speak stupid things into the microphone. Uh, we always appreciate your attention. Tonight, uh, going Royals again. I mean, that's basically what we're going on until the Chiefs uh, actually do something, free agency or the draft. So we're rolling with the Royals. Once again, we finally got some uh, sample size to go with be damned what size it is it doesn't matter we are going to logically and intelligently look at the numbers and see kind of how things are going no we are not doing that we are here to overreact tonight we have got things already figured out we've got our jump to conclusion mats set up we're ready to roll so we're going to do some overreacting tonight uh, do some more predictions. There's only been seven games. So we got about 155 to go. So we still have some predictions to go through. Uh, I'll explain that as we kind of go on and then we'll get into some shenanigans once again. Um, but without further ado, let's get into clearing the waivers and overreact. We're clearing the waivers. Royals are four and three so far, I believe. Uh, currently hosting the angels once again uh duffy is rolling or uh grinding through per usual so um, we'll see how they keep an eye on how it goes but uh, we're gonna come at you with some uh overreactions from what we've seen we have seen a little bit of action over the last couple weeks uh seems like we get a game and then we have a day off get a game and you have a day off get a game and then we have two days off and then we get a game um so we do have a little bit to go off of but not a ton but uh, we're going to get our, our hot takes off regardless. Could be positive, could be negative. We'll have to see how it goes. We each got one for the rotation, the bullpen, and the lineup. So we're going to get right into it, starting with the rotation. Kitty, let's start with your rotation. Where's your overreaction? Brad Keller's got to be tipping his pitches. Mm. There's no other reason to can, that you can explain him struggling this bad at the gate. Mm-hmm. I mean, what I saw, it was a 12.5 percentage uh, for barrel percentage on hitters, which he was previously in the four to five range last three yeah. seasons. So they know it's coming. It's got to be only reason behind this. There's can't be this bad. That's just, that'd be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Could the uh, ace of the team, number one starter on opening day, be this bad. Doesn't make any sense to me. The, uh, the other theory is that he's hurt. That is a smaller possibility in my book. Got to be, got to be a pitch 
tipping a pitch. It's got to be. <laughs> I like it. There's no other that's way. The only, I no mean, other way. That is purely more logical <laughs> if you think about it. He's already got like, to the bottom of this. Yes. <laughs> I yeah. mean, yeah, usually I guess when guys have bat starts this bad two in a row, they go on the injured list with sure. the quote fingers there, mm-hmm. doing something wrong, figure it out, and come back in 10 days and hopefully right the ship. So hopefully he'll uh, get this worked out and or if he is tipping his pitches they've got the good film on him now and they can help him do some weird glove work before he throws every pitch now get you a rally mantis or some kind of uh placebo need something need something to get a or just get a giant oversized glove so you can hide his hand in the ball in there so you don't there you go i like that idea a lot actually don't know what he's doing in there good luck hitting it through the middle of the infield on that <laughs> picture right. just massive gloves. just like Catch a comically everything. i love it's that just, idea it's, it's so funny <laughs> Uh, I saw his BABIP today. I saw that. Too. It's gross. Incredible. In <laughs> never, incredible. I've never seen that number before. In a 591. Bad-ip. Exactly. That was so, it's so ridiculous. How? 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 <laughs> I, I don't know. It's you mix so that bad. with a 9.64 K rate, K rate per nine. That's going to be, mm. <laughs> what's his whip? Hold on. I need to see this. Oh. I don't want to. 4.29 lord oh. of mercy 4.29 that's, that's walks per nine not a whip <laughs> does he have four total nine. innings yet he has four and two thirds okay yes. yep <laughs> yep i think small sample size sure 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 <laughs> right, there it is uh, we, we will see better from Brad Keller. I mean, it's almost every, everything he's done prior to this has been way better than that. So we're definitely going to see better Brad Keller, but sure would be nice to see it sooner rather than later. So, uh, Brian, what's your overreaction to this rotation? Well, the rotation hasn't been much to write home about Danny Duffy's pretty much the only guy that's put in a, a good performance so far, but I'm going to go with Brady Singer at the end of the year is going to be the best pitcher on this rotation because, even though his numbers right now don't look great, I love what I'm seeing with the movement in his ball and working inside, outside. Uh, I know the big question about him coming out of the draft was they didn't know if he'd strike out enough guys and small sample size. I know this, this year, but he's 11.9 Ks per nine, not walking guys. He's 3.2 walks per nine. In his uh, four starts at, in spring training, he was around that 11 K per nine as well. So he's figured out how to strike guys out at the big league level. And so I think once, uh, you know, his defense start helping him out a little bit more than they did Monday night, uh, the, the first game of the year, he kind of got beat around a little bit. But I think once he gets in a rhythm and starts finding his locations a little better, I think he's going to have a really dominant year. I like that. Well, he had three, three unearned runs last night. Is that right? I, that sounds right, yeah. <clears throat> I think so. And one of them was due to his own throwaway to home plate. Yeah. Which was just the second part of why that play was so weird. Yes, and there was also the play that, you know, Isabel quote unquote should have made in that diving coming in from right field that ended up costing a run. I think uh, you can't give him an error on the play, but I think Isabel, like Hud said, he'll tell you all day, every day he should have caught that ball. He just mm-hmm. kind of overdove it a little bit. It's just kind of little plays like that. You saw Nikki Lopez make a crappy play and a great play in the same game. And it's just little sloppy stuff that you just don't, you're not used to seeing out of the Royals. So I think it was kind of a freak game last night with with singer so I, I look for him to kind of bounce back in a big way and maybe get on a hot little run here it's kind of a weird thing uh, he hasn't according to fangraphs he hasn't thrown any four seam fastballs he's only living on the uh 
sinker changer slider i think savant had him down for one fastball one two huh. seamer but that's, yeah uh, that's strange pretty much yeah sinker two seamer and the the other interesting part about uh if you depending on how much weight you put in the pitch info uh per 100 pitches on fan graphs you're coming out of the draft and uh, the big the big question about Brady Singer was he was he going to develop that changeup? Mm-hmm. Uh, was he going to turn turn another third offering into something that he could throw batters off a little bit more? And right now, per 100 pitches, he is way above average on that changeup. Obviously, we need to preface this whole thing with a small sample size. <laughs> we we it's understood, so we're not going to say that anymore. We're just going to go. And but, we've said we're, this is over. These are overreactions. Yes. We're yeah, overreacting. We're, this is, we're full transparency here. <laughs> but I mean, you got to count, you got to like what you kind of see out of uh, Singer's changeup at this point. If, if that's really what, um, if that's what we're doing here, uh, 3.86 is the pitch value per 100 pitches. That's, that's plenty above average for that changeup. So as long as he's bringing everything else along, uh, that could be for real. That 11 plus K per nine could definitely be for real. So I, I like that. I like that a lot. And I don't think it's really going out. I'm too much of a limb yeah. saying that he, at the end of the year, he's going to be the top pitcher, but granted it's been bad so far, but I think everyone expects this starting rotation to be solid to above average, you know, at the end of this year, everyone's going to kind of figure their stuff out a little bit, maybe mm. add a couple more guys, you know, bringing them up. So it's, it's not nothing to say that he would be the potentially the top pitcher on the staff when you got yeah. minor and Duffy and Keller that are proven veterans and, and proven winners. So, uh I said when we said who's going to lead the team in war, and I, I said I wanted to take a hot take with Singer, and I went with ended up going with Keller. Well, now I'm jumping ship. I'm back on Singer. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, uh, so everyone, if you have stock in Singer, go ahead and sell that immediately. Uh, from the clearing waivers bump, if you will, is not yep. quite a bump as it is a uh, crevice. So, so uh, but yeah, I agree. That's not necessarily a far-fetched, especially this year. This might be the only year where Singer could probably realistically be that guy if uh, if Lacey and Lynch and all these guys that are coming up live up to their ceiling. This might be the one year where Singer and Keller both uh, are that guy that uh, that could be leading this this staff. So um, we'll see. I like, I like that a lot. I hope that's the case. I love me some Brady Singer. Um, I, I love it when it rains on his starts because that Florida gif of him freaking out on the mound always pops up. I think Whit Merrifield was the one who put it out this time. It's so good. Yep. So good. Um, my overreaction hot take is a man that I was very much out on coming into the year. I was not a big believer in his new cutter. I was not a big believer that he had done anything differently. I thought he was just going to be another dude that – Uh, washed out or maybe went to the bullpen and lived in there and showed his stuff played. But Jake Junis has proven me 100% wrong. I was not a believer, and now I am. He's only got the one start against Cleveland. I think he did have one bullpen appearance, seven innings pitched on the year. But he's increased his ground ball percentage by 11% from last year. His cutter is that is a great complementary piece to his elite slider. And basically, it's it's just a faster version of that slider. Um, it is slider itself is elite and it are, it has a 100% whiff rate right now, which is bonkers. 100%, hey. 100% whiff right. rate. Wow. I'll hit it all year. Perfect. So yeah, let's just, let's keep that going. <laughs> um, so yeah, Jake Junis might be a stalwart in this, uh, in this rotation for the rest of the year. And he's certainly making a case for the future. If, uh, if he's able to live off of his fastball, uh, cutter and his slider, 
while throwing on maybe a little bit of extra change up in there, I think it's played in there too. That's very well uh, going to play for this for this Royals uh, staff in general, whether it's out of the rotation or the bullpen in the future. So as for this year, while we wait for Lynch and Lacey and Coar and those guys to kind of uh, blossom into their studness, then I think uh, Junis will be a stalwart and a pillar in this rotation. So that is my overreaction at this point. All positives. Look at us, guys. <laughs> Look at us. That's not usually how we got – I mean, Rance isn't here anymore, so that's probably a big reason why. He was probably writing somebody off in his overreaction at this point. <laughs> that's pretty pretty common and pretty easy uh, bet for Rance. But the rest of us are riding the positivity train here. Correct. Right. For now, let's move on to the bullpen. We've got some overreactions of this bullpen. I'm sure there's plenty of negativity to be found in there. I'm going to start it off with Kyle Zimmer needs to be getting some considerations for that closer role at some point. Right now, he's got that elite curveball the the hammer of thor if you will dropping that curveball on studs and he still has a very above average fastball to complement it um, right now he's allowed three runners on seven innings pitched eight strikeouts and no earned that's healthy um, the stuff was never in question which is going to be the the title of his biopic when uh, when he becomes an absolute hall of famer it's going to be <laughs> the stuff was never a question will be the title of it but uh um using a 61 percent of his fastball is using 61.1 percent right now which is way up so he's leaning on that fastball to set up that big 12 to 6 curve um and barely his he's using his barely above average slider way less than usual so he's not getting beat up nearly as much he still is the second most used pitch is that slider. So he's still using it, but I think he's leaning more on that fastball curve than he has before. And I think he's just leaning into his strengths a little bit more. So I think he's doing well. I don't know. I mean, you never know when his health's going to give out. It's only an, uh, uh, inevitable at this point, death taxes and Kyle Zimmer going on the IL at some point, <laughs> but while he's healthy, I would love to see him get some, uh, some shots and some looks at that closer role. So we'll see how that goes. Say that's a hot take. Yeah. Brian, what do you got? I want to institute a rule going forward when we're playing the Cleveland I words. Because <laughs> <laughs> it pissed me off last week when sure. we had Bieber beat. It was a Juna start, a bullpen game against the returning Cy Young guy. We had him beat, and we let their best hitter beat us twice to win the game. I don't want to test jose ramirez in another series going forward we play this team 19 times in a year being the division team yes fran mil reyes could beat you yes eddie rosario could beat you they have some scary guys around him but i'll take my chances with them and pitch around jose ramirez as much as you possibly can because it pisses me off when you play a bad lineup and you let their best hitter beat you not once, but twice. Twice, yep. Jesse Hahn got war got a warning shot on a yeah, he did <laughs> pitched an in, he pitched an inside pitch that R Ramirez yanked just foul over the right field pole, and they pitched went right back inside again where Ramirez loves to pull balls. Uh huh. Throw it away, 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 down away. Walk him if you have to. Make him swing at bad pitches. Do not feed him what he wants to eat. And if I, I remember correctly, wins. I feel like he even piped that second one too a little bit more. It was more towards the middle than the first one. Oh God, it was terrible, and it was so frustrating. I I, I, I had it chalked up as a W. We're taking the beeves down, but no, our pride gets in the way, and we have to challenge their best hitter. 
no more challenging Jose Ramirez for me. Please institute that rule, Mike Matheny. Somehow, oh, Jesse Hahn's bad bip is only 333. I don't understand how that's a thing. Seems like it should be way higher. <laughs> only a 2.7 whip. So, and you get through an inning, you got, you got three outs there. So, that, that always helps your uh, bad yep. bip go a little lower. But 10.8 walks per nine for Jesse Hahn. I think he, he's that, the one who just yeah. got put on the IL, correct? He was yeah. my he was my original overreaction because I, I wanted to say I don't want to see Jesse Hahn ever pitch in a close game in the seventh inning <laughs> or later ever again. <laughs> but I'll give the benefit of the doubt that this this injury is legit, and we'll say he has looked good in the past pitching in high leverage situations. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that this injury is real and not quote unquote an injury. He. Uh... It was kind of a small sample size last year, too. Only 17 on a third inning where he did pitch really, really well. Yep. Um, and But his ex-fip was still 4.23, which is just above average, not nearly as good as his 0.52 ERA. Mm-hmm. So that could be right. one of those situations where maybe the ex-fip does tell a little bit more of a story about you know what Han really is. Because prior to that, he wasn't necessarily much anything special since 2015. I mean, obviously, he was – playing through injuries and stuff too but uh, i i do it does make me kind of wonder about what who he really is at this point because you have a bunch of bad and some good way back in the day so i uh, i'm curious to see what happens on his il stint and then what happens afterwards and then what uh, what he does forward with the royals or with whatever a major league baseball in general at this point so and that kind of goes back to what uh, kind of a concern i had coming in the year with you know is this bullpen actually real that, that, that was the strength of the team last year in the shortened season some of these veteran guys are doing things we've never seen them do before yep. and how long do you mess around with guys that are costing you games that 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 was going to be a big thing for me to watch going in the year because if they really want to win we can't be messing with these guys and say well we hope they're going to figure it out and when you've got arms down there that you're begging to see to, to step up in that role, and you've got guys in that bullpen already that you kind of trust more than him yep. anyway. So uh, that could be a guy I, I, that we'll, we'll have to see. But I just hope if he doesn't show anything that they don't hold on too long. There's guys that you could probably circle in there, cycle in there to high leverage situations. So when he get, does get back, hopefully someone's taking rain, hold of the reins of that back end of the bullpen. I don't know, like maybe two simmer. or three guys, maybe, <laughs> maybe. And maybe at that point we don't rely on Han needing to get outs as much as just needing to stay healthy and and, and produce in like a sixth inning every now and then. Maybe so. we find somebody that's, that's going to be our effective against lefties guys that maybe is an actual lefty. How, that's a crazy Jake, idea. Jake Prince, Jake Prince, Richard Lovelady, maybe. Yep, they got options. Maybe Danny Duffy. Maybe, maybe Mike Miner. We'll have to see. Maybe, maybe we got, maybe so. Kitty, what's your bullpen overreaction hot take? Barlow is getting over 100 appearances this year. Write it down. He's on pace for, <laughs> on pace for 101 so far. Let's do it. Let's go for 100. Uh, 106 most ever by a uh, pitcher in a season. Most ever. Uh, Jeff Montgomery. I think it was Kent Tecolve. I can't remember if that, if that was mm. the right name I saw up in that top of the list, but let's. Let's go for it, Barlow. Yeah. Let's get that arm worked out. We'd be ready every day. Be ready out there in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would that would uh, <laughs> uh, that would assume that they would be in in games at that point, right? That's yeah. You got to be. You want he's a he's your close high leverage situation, middle innings, a lot of games. So get ready, Royals. It'd be a great yep. season because Barlow is getting hundred appearances. 
Zimmer, also five appearances. Yep. Oh, we got two guys in the mix. Jesse Hahn, also five appearances. But that's oh, he just blew it today with that uh, toast. getting moved to the IL. Yeah, I uh, I think that also <laughs> has to do with the starting pitching not doing so hot either. So <laughs> yeah. hopefully that. Yeah, when you when you have a couple of starts of less than three innings, it's going to be uh, yep. <laughs> tough to uh, not use the bullpen a bunch early. <laughs> I'll take uh, I'll take that from Barlow. Give I'll take that all day. Like I said, go it kind of insinuates that they'll be in it. So I'm in it. Uh, let's go with the lineup position players. What's the uh, overreaction for you, Kitty? What do you got? Benintendi washed. He's done. <laughs> oh, Red Sox. Yep. <laughs> Red Sox got out on him early. They knew what they were doing, and the Royals are now stuck with damaged goods. I mean, that first and third one out extra inning game, and he bunts right back to the pitcher. I mean, you can't even angle a bunt towards the either a baseline. And I mean, luckily for the Royals, the pitcher winged one at the catcher of the mask from 35 <laughs> feet away. And so the catcher yeah. couldn't grab it. Spiked but, it. Yep. I mean, just, I just terrible. I mean, I can't believe you're bunting that situation. That's how lost you have to be at the plate at that moment. We're the, just a, supposed to be a gap hitter. I mean, how could you uh, just terrible? I think his hard hit percentage is 23% which is 153rd out of 197. So he's not the worst in the league, which I kind of was a little surprised about. <laughs> I can't believe there were so, so many guys worse. I couldn't believe there was 44 guys worse than him. But, yeah. I mean, he's just – he looks lost, doesn't know what's going on at the plate. So my overreaction is he's washed. Knock him down the lot, <laughs> knock him down in the lineup, put him at 8-9, move, move everybody else up a spot. Or throw up – throw Michael A. Taylor or Nicky Lopez in that two-hole. Ooh. Oh, I know. That is like blasphemy. That's blasphemy right there coming my from me. God, did you just say that? <laughs> That's how Sweet. bad Ben Attendee's been. Sweet Jesus. Uh, <laughs> right on time, Ben Attendee's been on base two out of three times tonight. Yep. Been oh, a walk perfect. and a hit. So he must have uh, caught wind of my uh, my yep. rant coming. <laughs> I did share him to the Google Sheet, so he got a got a good look <laughs> at it before the game, and probably uh, used the little little uh, bulletin board material. I like it. Some motivation. Uh, who is glad Brad? To, glad to help. Who is this? Who is this? But <laughs> Julie Guriel looking bum. <laughs> I will say he does know how to get on the good side of a Royals manager by bunting in a situation uh-huh. like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's true. Catching him off guard, forcing action. Blah 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 blah. Got a better. God, Ned Yost probably just gave him a congratulatory text as soon as uh-huh. he saw it. Great play, great what play. What a gritty bunt. Knew, knew, knew <laughs> we had smart. something when we grabbed you. Knew it. <laughs> I, it it kind of makes me think that there's some kind of grit bingo card in each player's <laughs> locker room to where they can just go try to try to fill out their blocks for an extra, I don't know, extra day of rest or something. A little PTO yeah, for you. Brian, what's your, uh, what's your lineup overreaction here? Overreaction. Uh, Jorge Soler might lead the league in strikeouts this year. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God, he is on a terrible run here. He, he just ended last night a streak of seven in a row, I believe the number was strikeouts in a row, which is outrageous. Yeah. We've seen this before with him. He's streaky like this. He'll go two or three weeks in a row where he just cannot help himself to swing at every slider he sees outside the zone. He just can't help himself. He has to swing at it. His first two swings have to be a thousand miles an hour <laughs> and then that slider's coming and he's whiffing and flailing and looks awful he, right now he's one behind the leader there's actually three people tied for more strikeouts than him who 
<laughs> it's like Mount <laughs> Castle. I can't remember the other two guys' names, mm. but they have they have 17. He has 16, which is good for 47% of his plate appearances are strikeouts. Oh my god. Yep. That's really bad. I remember I remember sounding the alarm in spring training last year, being like, why does why is Soler striking out in half of his at-bats? <laughs> People were telling me a spring training doesn't matter. This is not a sign of things to come. And here we are. Now, I will say <laughs> he is a career 28% strikeout percentage guy. So it's not like this is what he does all the time. So it, it is an overreaction to say he's going to lead the league in strikeouts. He's probably not going to lead the league in strikeouts. This is kind of just a phase he goes through for whatever reason. He just cannot lay off those sliders going away from him. Last year, he was came in at 34.5. In 2019, he was at 26, 26 a year before that. So I'd look for him to kind of lock it in at some point. But my God, right now, it's tough to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely lost. The uh, league leaders are Javi Baez, Nick Solak, and Ryan Mountcastle. All have 17. Uh, there's also Nate Lowe, Taylor Trammell. Miguel Sano also have 16 apiece as well. So it's, it's a uh, it's a trendy thing to do nowadays to strike out a lot. That's a veritable who's who in the cake community. <laughs> they got they're the mayor <laughs> Javi Baez and Miguel Sano. They're mayors of strikeout city. That's for yeah. sure. The same as golf. Hit it as far as you can. That's right. Every time you hit the ball and just see what happens after that. Yep. That's baseball the same way. Just swing as hard as you can, hit the ball as far as you can. Yep. Yep. I'm into it. Um Mine is, Kitty, you kind of mentioned it earlier, Nicky Lopez might have rediscovered who he is. Um, I think I was the first person in Kansas City when he first got <laughs> called up being like, okay, hold on. He is he is a soft-hitting, good-fielding second baseman probably. Let's not act like his call-up is going to be the savior because when he got called up, people were, were doing everything but sending a parade uh, in mm-hmm. the streets. And I, I just did not see the upside that he could have. He could be very solid, good everyday player, good glove, obviously uh, a, a decent on base guy, but he's not going to bring any power to the plate. Um, got a lot of grit on his, on his sleeve, but uh, I was the first person to kind of now tell everybody to pump the brakes. So it kind of makes a little sense. I'm one of the first ones to be like, well, maybe this is real. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um. Right now, he's got a 393 on base percentage with a 9.4% walk rate. He also shaved 4.5% off of his uh, swinging outside of the zone pitches um, from last season. His contact percent is up 7.7% from last season. Exit V low is up 4.4. 381 BABIP, so it's probably going to even out a little bit. But all those kind of suggests that he's seeing the ball a lot better. He's making contact with things that he is swinging at. Um, I think his gloves always going to be solid, but, um, he did have that costly error. Like we talked about in the singer start that allowed two runs to score. But I, I, I mean, if you, you, I don't think you can count on him as shortstop, but I think he can absolutely be in the race for a gold glove at second base. So he obviously was last year. If he's, you could do a lot worse at second base for Nick, than Nicky Lopez, this version of Nicky Lopez. Mm-hmm. If this is who he is, this right. is kind of who he was coming up in the majors kind of like a 260, 360, 340 slash line. Um, that's kind of who he was in the major or in the minors. So if that's what you're getting, you could do a lot worse than Nicky Lopez at second base. So hopefully he has figured something out and maybe he could have something to do with going back to shortstop, kind of like a homecoming kind of feels right type of thing. So now I know that that's kind of taken care of. I can go concentrate on what I'm doing at the plate. Could be something there. 
I mean, that's, that could be not nothing or it could be a whole lot of garbage, but either way <laughs> he's uh, doing all right at the plate and I'm uh, happy to see it. So yep, good for him. Right. Like to see it. Uh, see, it's very nice to have uh, him hitting well. Yes. Yep. Um, so we'll see. We'll keep an eye on that. I, I know a lot of people are, are, have already written off Nikki Lopez makes sense. I was also probably in that boat, probably built that boat that you're currently, uh, currently well, riding in. I was painting that boat with you. <laughs> it's called the SS minnow. Um, <laughs> so that's the overreactions. We, uh, we hope you enjoyed it. They're probably all incorrect. So it's, uh, it's good to, good to get a little bit of that venting off a little bit of positive. I think mine were mostly positive. Did we have a negative? Brian's Solaire take was a negative somewhat. Yeah. I would bet intendi being watched. That's true. That's negative. pretty negative. That's, That's pretty, pretty negative. Pretty damn negative. <laughs> I also looked at that too. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, we've all bought a lot of Benny stock last week in ball street, but, uh, <laughs> might be looking for some buyers. Uh, it might just be taking a loss. <laughs> might be taking a loss. Um, so we'll uh, kind of rolling into the next uh, waiver to clear here is we've kind of got, I broke down a few players, kind of put them in general categories to where they all kind of fit uh, as far as their roles on this team kind of go. Um, so we've got three players in each grouping, if you will, and we're going to try to determine who's going to have the best season of the three. Um, so we'll do this kind of by the determining factor right now of best season for position players will be off of war. And uh, for pitchers, it'll be on uh, ERA plus on baseball references. So that's kind of what we're contexting, contextualizing it with. And let's get started here with our first one. I'm calling it the old horses. So in that grouping, we have Mike Miner, Danny Duffy, and Jake Junis, who is 28 years old. Certainly a uh, old balls as far as this rotation goes for the next few years. So he's going to get thrown in with the old horses here. Uh, I'll start off with my pick for uh, who I think is going to have the best season of the three. And it's the guy who's in a contract season, Mr. Daniel Duffy. I sang the praises of Jake (laughs) Junis earlier. I think he's going to have a good season. I sang the praises of Mike Miner two seasons or two weeks ago. We're talking about the best pitcher. Um, But right now I'm overreacting. I love me some Danny Duffy. So give me Danny Duffy right now. I think uh, he's looked good in his first start in Detroit. He's grinding through that start tonight. He's in the sixth inning, two runners on, could have a quality start again, but still looking pretty solid. Um, and even if he starts to slip, you send him to the bullpen. I have every all the faith in the world that he'll be uh, very effective out of the bullpen as well. So give me a higher ERA plus for Danny Duffy out of those three. Brian. I want to go Duffy. He has my heart but I have to go with track record. And I think it's Mike Miners a safe mm-hmm. bet there. Uh, he's shown the, the most re, most recently and tw- last full season, 2019, he had a 144 ERA plus, which is terrific. Very he, good. I got him eighth in Cy Young voting. So I think Miner will pitch more innings likely over the year. And I think he'll, he'll add more value. So I think Mike Miner's got to be the choice for me. Yep. Kitty. I had the same choice as Brian. I'm with Mike Miner, even though his first couple starts with a little smoke and mirrors, a lot of uh, guys left on base, helping him out a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think, again, I, hopefully that 2019 was a real deal and we're getting that guy again. So the Royals can just keep penciling him in every fifth day and get those hopefully 200 innings out of him. And just, Be nice. he'll just keep pushing, keep putting up good numbers all year. I, uh, the innings pitch, 200 innings pitch seems like a lot. 
for Mike Miner, but I hope you're right. <laughs> hope you're right. Uh, let's go to the next grouping. I call them pillars, which is Salvi, Solaire, and Witt in that lineup. They're kind of the big pillars at the top of the lineup. Um, all three of them, I mean, Solaire's not looking great for that K-rate, but he did hit that big-time bomb the other night, so uh, still performing here. Kitty, who's your uh, best of the three here? I'm going to go with Salvi, going with the uh, the catcher in this grouping. I think Solari gets hurt a lot from uh, the war rankings by being the basically primary DH. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Salvi on this one. Okay. Ryan? I'm with you on Solari being third, a clear third. It's tough to add war when you're the DH. Um, so it comes down to Salvi and Wit, And I'm going to go with Wit. And that guy, like we talked about last week, he's just locked in right now. And I think he actually gets helped out by going back to second base. Uh, he he kind of, it's kind of hard to, for him to earn war out in right field a little bit. I think he'll see a lot more action at second base and he, he can play a perfectly good second base. So he's not going to get knocked for his defense. I don't think at second base is just going to add to his war. He's an early leader right now. I think at, uh, at whopping like 0.5 <laughs> or something. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Which is out- fine. It's been seven games. I'll take half a war from wit right now. Absolutely. And I think, with you know, Salvi looks locked in right now too. He went four for four last night, got us thousands hit. I mean, he's hitting the ball really well. Mm-hmm. We know he can play good defense. So, I mean, this is a tough call, but I'm, I'm just going to lean with Wit because just because he's been such a horse the past couple of years. Yep, I uh, I agree. And all the numbers, all his play discipline numbers, contact exavilo, all that's pretty uh, on on par with what he's done in the past. So there's really no reason to doubt that he's not going to do the same thing that he's been doing the last three years. I am also going wit on that. I think the big one is the fact that he just he's an Iron Man, and the other two are hurt a lot. Um, so I think that's a, a big deal. Obviously, Solaire, uh, even when he was the AL home run champion, he was still less WAR than Whit Merrifield was that season, wow. which was wild to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the catcher is also a good position to rack up the WAR. I'm starting to kind of, I've, I have not been. Uh, quick to jump on the bandwagon for Salvador Perez's new plate approach. Uh, he's put up close to 300 batting average last season. He's right around there again this season, but I just wonder how real it is. Uh, he still seems to be his plate discipline numbers are very similar to what he's done in the past. He still swings at 48% of the pitches outside the zone. <laughs> the difference is that he is only making contact on 46% of them instead of 65% of them. So ah. he's, I mean, it's that, that weak contact that he gets when he swings on outside of the pitch zones or outside of the zone pitches that generates those bad balls that he does hit if he even makes contact on them. And since he's not actually making contact on them, they're kind of saving him from himself maybe a little bit right now. Right. Um, we'll see how that he's also rocking a 368 bad bit. So uh, I, th- I threw a lot of numbers at you there, but it's basically telling me that he is the same guy that he's always been. Therefore, his numbers will, again, be good for a catcher, but they're not going to be what they currently are. Shut up. Brian, why are you shaking your head at me? How dare you doubt Salvi, of all people on this team? <laughs> Salvi? You're going to doubt he's got, Salvi? Got a shorter bat, maybe. So that's those pitches on the outside of the zone, he's not hitting. That's perfect. It's just it's all calculated. It's, I don't hate that theory. <laughs> I, I do hate that you're hating on his on Salvador. I, I love Salvi. I don't know why I always get shit on. You for, just spat for, out a bunch of numbers that you that hate him. 
They're numbers. <laughs> they don't lie. <laughs> you're you're yeah. a nerd. You understand numbers, right? You understand how numbers work. Well, not those nerd stats. Not I look nerds. at real stats like batting average and on base percentage and home and runs RBIs. and RBIs. Yeah. Real, real <laughs> baseball real stats. stats. Real stats. Real yeah. stats that make you an all star. You don't get a triple crown for outside zone percentage swings. No, but they do tell a little bit a different of a tale there, is my point. When I when I pencil them in for the all-star for the American League, it won't have his WOBA on there or whatever the hell else sure. stupid stats you want to That's have one there. I don't I don't get. I know there's wins involved in WOBA, but I, I mean I don't understand it very much. So I don't uh I don't I don't know how he's that gonna works, be leading but... the league in homers. He's gonna have a two eighty-five batting average, he'll be leading in RBIs in the American League. You can pencil those numbers in right now. I mean, how many uh, AL MVP votes is he going to get then? Oh, he'll be in the running for sure. Absolutely. If he got those numbers, he absolutely is getting votes. Oh, well, yeah. shit, if he didn't have those stupid injuries last year, he would have been getting votes. I mean, Abreu ran away with them last year because he was incredible. But Salvi, oh. I don't think, even qualified because he had the eye thing, <clears> he had the COVID thing. I think he did get he did get uh, MVP votes. Hold on. I mean, he had a great year last year. So for you to to say that that wasn't real and he's going to go back to being subpar at the plate, I just I just don't like that one bit. Seventeenth in MVP voting last year. Okay, he'll probably come in about seventh this year. Okay, I like that. Okay, (laughs) I'd be happy to be wrong about that for real. (laughs) Happy to be wrong about that. Let's get to the next grouping here. We got bullpen guys. They're not that young in this grouping here. That's Scott Barlow, Josh Stamont, and Kyle Zimmer. I think that's a good trio to have. I know in the where pen. you're going. Oh, do you? <laughs> After well, your my, bullpen overreaction. It is, my, it is my turn to lead off. I want me some Zimmer, but it, my head is telling me that Josh Stamont's stuff is just too good. Uh, that's just prior to him going on the IL, obviously. Uh, but his stuff is electric. And as long as he keeps that walk percentage down, he's going to be a monster in that bullpen. So I think Josh Stamont's going to have the best of the three. Uh, it's going to be a situation where Wade Davis had a better uh, better numbers back in, what was that, 2014, even though Holland was the closer. So give me some of that. Give me Stamont taking the eighth and then uh, Kyle Zimmer in the ninth. Yep. Brian? I think you bring up a great point there because when I look at these three names, I'm with you. I got Stamont on top. I think actually Zimmer's going to come in second and Barlow third. But when you think about who this team trusts in a big situations, who Matheny trusts to go <laughs> and put a fire out, he almost always goes to Scott Barlow over those two guys. He loves or to Greg bring Holland. He loves to bring Holland in too. That's true. I mean, I, among these three guys, it seems yes, like yep. he loves to bring Stamont in and clean innings. Uh, Zimmer, he likes to get warmed up if the starter's flailing. He, he'll play then. He'll play him kind of anywhere in there, but he knows he can get two or three innings out of him. But if you ask, you know, we need to get two outs. Who are you going to go to right here? And the game's not Greg Holland. I think Matheny says Scott Barlow nine out of ten times if he's yeah. if everyone's you know the same readiness. So it's I don't know if that speaks to uh, our management decisions or what. But when you have Stamont Zimmer have better ERA pluses. They had way better ERA places last year than, than Scott Barlow, but they're always going to go to Barlow in a big situation. Hey, Matheny got his uh, his associates from Phoenix University of Phoenix online for analytics last That's season. True. So we cannot by any means question his uh, his decision-making at this point. So 
He's got the bona fides now. He's got that diploma on the Do wall. not. If I can't hate on Salvi, you can't hang on that hunk, Mike McTaney. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's He's fair. hunk. Kitty, what's your uh, what's your your top dog out of this trio? I'm taking Zimmer. I'm gonna go. Oh, here we go. I believe uh, there was a biopic coming out about him. Something about yep. stuff was never in question. So I'm never. gonna go with him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take him as my guy this year to uh, lead that bullpen. At least these three guys in that ERA plus category. Mm-hmm. He's got he's got the stuff. He's ready. He's healthy. Let's do it. And I, I love <laughs> knock on wood. I loved in a safe safe situation the other day. He was using all four pitches. So, I mean, that tells me he's got confidence. He was using all four pitches in, like, full counts and stuff. This, yep. it, When it got to full counts, he wasn't just piping down a fastball down the middle. He was he was throwing his secondary pitches. And to know that he has that much confidence in it, it's like if he comes out of the bullpen and one of them he's not feeling that much, he's still got three other options that he feels good about. So, yep. knowing that, I mean, he could be a real nasty weapon to have out of that bullpen. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love it. Just stay healthy because Kyle – just please, for the yes, love of God, please, please, Just, God, you're such a special player. Let's uh, <laughs> let's make it real. Uh, finally, last grouping here is the new guys: Benny Benatendi, Carlos Santana, Michael A. Taylor, uh, Kitty. I'm gonna guess that uh, Benatendi is not <laughs> the guy for you. Uh, if, who is the guy for you? If he was the guy, that's gonna be a real uh, nail in the coffin for <laughs> Santana and Michael A. Taylor. That would be rough. So I'm going to go tough contracts to swallow. Yes, definitely. I'm going to go with Carlos Santana. He's still Mm -hmm. walking like he always does. His eye at the plate is still amazing. One of the best ever seems like. And so I just feel like he's going to get his swing locked in. He hit a home run the other day. Opposite field shot. Pretty good. Pretty big, uh, pretty big lumber on that one. So I got faith in Santana just being who he is, always is. And, just grinding out at bats, making pitchers work, and he, he'll get his over the t- course of the year. And I don't mm-hmm. have the same faith that Michael A. Taylor can keep up his hot start, what he's doing now. I like it. Brian? I like the Santana pick. Uh, Benny would probably be third for me on this. I'm going to go down a limb and say Michael A. Taylor is not what we've seen so far, but I think he's actually going to probably have a career year uh, based on what we've seen, I think he does have plus defense to, to help in center field to add to that war. And I don't think that 375 on base percentage you got right now is going to remain. But if he's anywhere close to that, he's going to, by playing a good center field, I feel like he's just going to rack up nice war out there. And, and it's harder to do that for Santana at first. He mm-hmm. can do it, but it just you just can't rack up the war like you can as, as a center fielder. So let me go out on a limb and say Michael A. Taylor – not what we've seen in the past, the first two weeks of the season, but better than he's ever been. So I think that adds up to being leading that trio in that war. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm also going to go with Carlos Santana. This was kind of the toughest of the three, kind of like you guys have already laid out. It's easy to kind of rack up the war in center field. Um, it's not super easy to rack up the war at first base. And then left field is kind of somewhere in the, in the middle as are all three of their, uh, their plate uh history um so it's kind of a tough one to kind of roll with but i did roll with carlos santana he is (laughs) it's fun because coming into the season you were like okay so the royals are kind of they kind of preach the free swinging type of thing carlos santana is usually a very plate discipline what happens when uh an immovable what is that unstoppable force meets an immovable object type of thing Exactly. And what we're what we're kind of seeing is a little bit of both because uh, Carlos Santana has the worst 
swing percentage out of pitches outside the zone that he's had in his career so far at 37%. Uh, but he's just swinging more in general at 46%. So he's swinging at just under half of every pitch that he sees he's swinging at. But he, like Kitty said, he's still walking plenty. He's still in the top, I think top five in walks so far. Um, and his BABIP is also 190. So there's some bad luck baked in there as well. So I think that even though, you know, it's hard to generate war from the first base position, it's still uh, very much, he's still got some other end of the pendulum kind of kind of going to come swinging his way and uh, he's going to get hot. So I, I can't wait to see Carlos Santana doing that. And I'm just not a big believer in what Michael A. Taylor is doing right now. So <laughs> I think it's going to be Carlos Santana as well. I think that's fair. Hopefully that's the case. Hopefully we'll see it soon. I think that's all we got for clearing the waivers tonight. So uh, let us know what your overreaction is uh, to the season, to the players so far. Um, we want to kind of hear what uh, what you're kind of thinking at this point. You can hit us at social media at clearing waivers, or you can find us over at uh, Royals Review. We kind of monitor that a lot as well, uh, or the YouTube channel. You can hit us in the comments. But we'd like to know what you guys are talking about, what you guys are thinking about, what your big overreaction is for the season so far. So uh, before we get into shenanigans, we've got something to uh, for you to hear from our sponsors. So here it is. And we're back. Time to start shenanigans, shenanigans, shamamigans. That's a new one. Uh, I was playing with the with the title last <laughs> last year. Some shamamigans is not going to be it. Um, but we're going to get some DFA this week. Brian's got the question, but before we do that, we got to get a little pumped up right now. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. DFA is in the house tonight. That's a little treat for anybody getting the uh, YouTube uh, did a little dance for you there. So a <laughs> little incentive to go check out the video. But um, like I said, Brian's got the DFA question this week. It's the trivia. Haven't done it in a little bit, but uh, basically we're going to, Brian's got a question with multiple answers. Kitty and I are going to get three options a piece before we are eliminated from the game. There's some other <laughs> soft rules in the mix, but uh, we'll deal with those as they come. <laughs> so Brian, what's the, what's the question this week? What's the order first? Um, let's say I'm going to go first. Okay. Josh, then Kitty. Suck it, Kitty. <clears throat> I told you guys that, uh, we've talked a lot of numbers, dorky numbers. Josh loves to bring these dorky numbers on the podcast. One of my favorite things that ESPN has done is incorporating the OPS plus number, uh, for players as they come to the bat and mixes it in with the regular numbers. It's one of my favorite stats because I think if you look at, uh, an average fan and you go tell them that a guy's have, you know, that guy's slugging 820. And they're going to look at you like, 
Is that good? Is that bad? I don't know. A good thing about OPS plus is it, it 100 is league average. So if you see that they've got a 150, they're killing it. They're 50% better than league average as a hitter and on base and, and slugging percentage, which is what it's all about. So for our wrap your, wrap your mind around 50% above league average. Go ahead and try to try to keep that in mind. It's huge. So let's stick in the AL Central. We know it well. I think you guys can knock out a bunch of big names here. We're going to go the last five full seasons. So I'm not counting last year's shortened season, 2015 to 2019. And I'm going to say they have to be qualified for the batting title. So they have to have 3.1 plate appearances per team game. I want you to give me in that five-year span, there's only been 13 players that have finished the year with a 130 or better OPS plus 30% better than league average. Only 13 players on this list. I think you're going to have success with a lot of them. There might be a couple that we struggle with, but that's what this game's all about. So without further ado, Josh, give me a name. AL that's Central. All, you saw all AL Central? All AL Central. Um, I, I think this was... I'm going to have trouble with the years here, but I'm going to say Miggy Cabrera. Miggy Cabrera's done it twice in that time span. 2015, mm. he was 169. 2016, 155. <laughs> what is happening? The that wasn't even a triple crown freak. year. Yeah, that's stupid. Miggy Cabrera is a layup in this. So, Kitty, give me another one. <laughs> I just wasn't sure if it was if 2015 was after he was, if it was he watched already or not. Right, right. I'm going to go with somebody you mentioned earlier and say Jose Abreu. Jose Abreu, another monster. 2015, 135, 2017, 141. What did he have last year? He had an incredible number last year. I don't have it written down here. AL MVP last year. Yeah, it was a huge number. How about Locaine? Locaine, not on this list. Mm. First option used for Josh. I'm going to go with Jorge Soler with the home batting time. Yep, 2019, 137 OPS plus. Hmm. Well done. Back to Josh. Give me uh, Jose Ramirez then. Jose Ramirez on here twice in that span. 2017, 145. 2018, 151. Once again. No more pitching to him late in the game, please. <laughs> Sounds like other teams should uh, take that up, take that <laughs> same stance. No kidding. Let's see here. Back to Kitty. Let's go with – I feel like this is a probably not going to make it, but I'm going to go with Lindor. Lindor's on here in 2018. Mm-hmm. 132 just made the cut. How about old uh, old balls Nelly Cruz? Nelson Cruz on here, 2019, 169. Yeah, That's he's going to do it again. He's going to do it again this year. Good gravy. He's doing it at such an advanced age. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, it's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have knocked out six names already. Well done. Yeah. All right, now my brain's starting to fall apart gets a little tougher now let's see trying to think of some of these lineups and who was there are still two remaining that did it in 2019 season so pretty recently did uh fran mil reyes do it in 2019 was he 
he did not get there or didn't get the plate appearances necessary. Okay. First off, oh yeah, he can mash. Um, what about old Whit Merrifield? No, he just hmm. doesn't get the slugging. I don't think um, to get to one thirty or above. So Whit is your second option. Back to Kitty. Let's see here. I'm going to go Rosario for the Twins 2019. I love that guess, but he is not on this list. Damn. I felt like he had 30, like 35 home runs that year, too. Yep. Is that batting average is right always here. really low. He's always like 239 hitter with 38 <laughs> homers. Right. We are on hint time. We <clears throat> two strikes each. Two each. Um, let's see. Maybe what teams these guys are on, possibly, get there and sit down. Yeah, we've got – okay, so let's start with the hints from 2019. Um, 2019, uh, one of the players plays for a new AL Central team now. they He didn't rack this up in 2019 on, on that team. Hmm. And if you want another hint, only <laughs> one of the remaining players is still playing for the team where they got this OPS plus season. Oh wow! And these are both; these are all 2019 players. No, there's only two left that are 2019 players. There are other seasons on here of players still, but I'm trying to give you 2019 hits because I feel like that should be easier to generate in your brain. Hmm. But yeah, the big, the big, big one is. Only one of the, what, six remaining, six or seven remaining, still play for the team in the AL Central. Wow. So think of some transplants, maybe. Not Rosario, huh? Well, um, the... I already had a name down. He's not in the AL Central anymore. He's in the NL Central. But uh, did Nick Castellanos do it? <clears throat> I love that guess, but he's not on this list. Mm -hmm. Oh, Villapianos didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> Real shame. Hmm. And I can't believe you didn't get the 20, 2019 guy, Josh. You always have to have him on your fantasy team. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Kitty likes him too. <laughs> Kitty should know exactly who that is. Oh no, just... he's been I mean, shitty only... this year. I like to think about all I can think of is Giancarlo Stanton. When you say something <laughs> like that, <laughs> who you else? I have you and I have had some bidding wars on him. Who else in the, in a... the fantasy who league? I... Who did I have a bidding war? What what guy? Oh, I can give you another hint too, because we've got guys left. There is. One guy on here that did it for the Royals and one guy on here that is a current Royal that didn't oh, get it. Oh, shit. Oh, so Carlos Santana. Carlos Santana. Who got it for the Royals between 2015 and 2019? That's a good question. How about the other home run king prior to Solaire? 
Oh yeah, little moose, moose tacos. Yeah, let's go with him. Yeah, it was actually Eric Hosmer. Hmm. And it was, Hosmer did it. Wow. And it was the 2017 season. He 133 OPS yeah. plus. He was over 300. I can't believe Yoan didn't get Yoan Makata. <laughs> oh yeah, that guy. Yep, Yoan Makata. I thought he was going to be the obvious one for Josh. We also had hard to remember, but he's playing in this series against the Royals right now. Justin Upton for the Tigers in 2017. Oh, wow. At a 137. I feel like he's another, off so far. Another big basher for the Tigers that's no longer there is J.D. Martinez. Oh. 2015 at Prince 139. Fielder. 2016 to 142. Yeah. Hosmer. This was kind of wild. The last two guys were wild cards. It'd be hard to judge. But 2016, Brian Dozier had a 134 a year. I have Hunter Dozier on my list. And the least expected name on this list, Avisayo Garcia. 2017, oh, wow. he had a 138 OPS plus, and he qualified. I thought, I saw that number, and I thought, yeah. well, that's got to be 200 plate appearances. Nope, he yeah, played exactly. a full year. That was a contract wow. year, I believe. I wanted that guy to come to the Royals so bad. I thought he oh, was yeah. like a budding superstar, five-tool player. I was like, get this mm-hmm. guy out of Chicago and into Kansas City. I was just compared to the Miggy all the time when he was yep. playing when yep. those first couple of years in the league for him. Every yep. time he came in, it was like the the old factoid with uh, who's the uh, Max Kepler for the Twins. The Royals announcers cannot wait to talk about his parents being uh, ballerinas <laughs> with Avisael Garcia. They could not help themselves talk about how fast he is for his size. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just couldn't help but talk about how fast he was. And he is. He is decent. He is decently fast, but just couldn't quite have the glove that the Royals demand out of the outfield, but whatever. That was an interesting question. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> I Frustrating. Thought you'd get more. I didn't think I don't know the Low Hosmer Kane. Hosmer thing was interesting. Hosmer was surprising. I mean, I I would guess Locaine nine times out of ten when it came to the the Royal a better Royals hitting stats. Hosmer had like one year that was around three hundred, and that was that twenty seventeen that twenty seventeen. Kane's best year OPS plus wise was one twenty five. Yeah, on the twenty fifteen team. Yep, fifteen. Yep, he was very good. I, I really wanted to go back later because Alex Gordon was on that list. Yep. If you went back far enough, no one wants to pull. <laughs> no way. <laughs> no, but nobody's pulling that string. And we couldn't have a, a question with 25 possibilities. That's true. Yeah, that's exactly. also a good point. That's fun. Let's, uh, let's move on to the waiver wire here. We got a good one for you. So uh, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast la- lately, but I am uh, officially moving north of the wall, uh, just to Northland, North Kansas City, uh, from where I am currently. Um, so that kind of uh, motivated the category that we're drafting this week, which is the worst things that your friends ask you to do. There's a lot of things that our friends ask us to do. We're going we're gonna to make some enemies out of some friends tonight, after tonight because they're going to know exactly who we're talking about, the situation <laughs> that they did that. We're going to hear about it lately or later on. So um, we're going to go with the draft order being or Brian, then Kitty, then me, based off of that stupid DFA. Um, but Brian, <laughs> why don't you start us off with your first pick of the worst things that your friends asked you to do? And this could be completely hypothetical, Josh. It may have sure. no common, That's like true. nothing personal here. It could have been something we asked other people to do and felt bad and, about it later. And here's the last thing that I asked Brian to do. Go. That being said, 
moving was the reason for this for a reason moving is the number one worst thing you can ask your friends to do because yeah. moving sucks and when you're young and poor and you don't <laughs> want to pay for a moving service you think ah you know i just asked my buddy it'll just take a few hours and then like six pack will do it like eight hours later <laughs> you're both sweating and your back hurts and <laughs> like you said here's a six pack and they're like that's worth it you know no, how Here's a I couple would... slices of pizza too. Yeah. Man, have some fun. Get <laughs> some after tombstone it. pizzas. <laughs> oh, you're springing. I was just going to uh, give him some right. to- toastinos. You're welcome. You're welcome. Another, P- <laughs> another PSA lessons learned here. Do not own a truck when you are young. Oh, yeah. Because if you're the friend mm-hmm. with a truck, you're always going to get asked to help move because no one else has got a truck and they don't want to spend the $28 to rent a U-Haul. So you have to help all of your friends move with your truck that you made a huge yeah. mistake buying. Yeah, the U-Haul was. I was shocked when I moved how surprisingly inexpensive the U-Haul is to rent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'd think it'd be more. Yeah, no, especially but, if it's just yeah. a daily rental. I've done a. I think I'm done asking friends to move, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I've I've been guilty of this. I've uh, asked one of these co-hosts to help me move, and he <laughs> graciously accepted. So that was nice of him. <laughs> that's not me. Not ever. <laughs> not ever. Kitty's uh, Kitty's against. He's not going to ask any more friends to move because he doesn't have any more friends left. Because they all said, <laughs> they, they all, "I've already, I've already burned them with moving before." No so now moving, they're all gone. Please. Never again. No more Can't friends. Handle it. Yeah, Kitty. Kitty, what's your first pick here? At least, at least in your twenties, you're physically fit-ish to right. be able to help move. It's when you get over that thirty range where it's really a struggle. The yep. recovery is not a whole week. You're right. Exactly. All right. I'm gonna go with be their alibi. Oh, oh yeah, it's on my list too. Oh, are you worn out drinking with me all day? That's what you're gonna tell your wife, and now I have to lie for you also that I didn't. I did not see you Saturday. Yeah, it's miss me with that shit. You either uh-huh. tell your wife the truth or I'm because I'm not gonna lie. I I have no ability to lie. Usually the good thing is no one asks me shit anyway. So I yeah. get out of the <laughs> I get out of it that way when don't no one's ask, coming don't to tell. me no one's got has any questions for me so it's all good but just in case you try i'm not doing it not your alibi no. you can't tell tell your wife or girlfriend or whoever or your buddy the truth about what you've been doing that's not my fault <laughs> i like that pick a yep, lot that's really good that's really good i don't want to be starting a, they're starting a war that you didn't sign up for yep <laughs> exactly yep Next thing you know, you're getting text messages and you don't know if they're coming from him or her. Yeah. Oh, I, I did. I got one of those. <laughs> apparently, I didn't realize at the time, but oh, no. asking me about how many beers a certain individual had at a football draft. And I gave the real number. Apparently, <laughs> I wasn't supposed to give. <laughs> sure. 15, 16. Remember? Remember? Oh, you're know. like, hey, you I mean, have a 17th. Remember that? We're there. We're there for three hours. I mean, mm. And he's going to come up. He's going to try to say two come on yep. <laughs> you didn't just have two beers at a three-hour draft at a bar <laughs> come on man <laughs> yep be reasonable That's i thought tough. i thought i i actually thought i did lie a little bit to be reasonable and i apparently still <laughs> way overshot the number it was supposed to be <laughs> you, you still hit the middle and it was still the wrong answer yeah exactly <laughs> uh my first one is uh get into a fight with uh with one of your friends but one of your buddies i'm not a fighter i uh 
I've right had one. plenty of back, but I am certainly way more uh, more menacing looking than I am uh, actually utilized. So I'll have your back, but uh, once the punches start getting thrown, you probably wanted to wish you had somebody else in your corner <laughs> than me. <clears throat> so I think getting into a fight is one of the worst things that a friend could ask you to do. I mean, that, surely yeah. at this age, you're in the clear there. Hopefully. I would hope. <laughs> yeah let's hope so what's another one what's another one yeah after your age 30 that should that should yeah. stop happening no more at this point when kitty flips off a bouncer we're not trying to fight the bouncer we're just <laughs> watching kitty get drug out of the bar and laughing I'm, I'm completely okay with that okay that's good you 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 your, uh you sleep in your, the bed you you lay in that's right it's not your fight at that point the bouncers yep. you don't want to get involved with the bouncers never never oh. win those fights nope nope uh, my second one is asking for your login credentials oh, I for got things. <laughs> I, uh, it, it's, it's not, it's not that I don't want to share with my friends. It's, it's just $6 a month or something <laughs> like that. Just pay $6 a month. It's fine. It's $6. It's yep. $6. Just go drink uh natty light for a weekend instead of miller light and and we can make up your netflix password so don't ask me for my dog and credentials i'm not going to share them it puts me in a weird awkward situation it's six dollars guys six breach <laughs> make That's you feel make things. you feel bad for saying no like right right then they uh then they're yeah then you get the oh come on just just give me the come on come on it's the same argument it's just six dollars yeah i'll give you three dollars and split the monthly no both sides of the the principle of the matter guys it's the Mm -hmm. principle although with the sharing the password you're sticking to the man which is always a good thing in my book there's your other justification (laughs) i mean i don't i don't not love sticking it to the man but at the same time i've gone legit I pay oh, for true. my music. I, I get it through Spotify or some other means, but I pay for it one way or another. I might watch some ads on YouTube, but I pay for it. You can do the right. same. It's fine. It's fine. Kitty, second pick. I'm going to go with... Hmm, I'm going to go with borrow a large sum of money. Yep. Mm-hmm. This goes beyond the $6. This is... I'm thinking $500 plus where it just... Because then it just... It's always there hanging over you until that money is paid back. Oh, yeah. Even if it's paid back in a timely fashion, be it two months, six months, or whatever you guys have tried to work out, you always just have that resentment when you see that guy who borrowed money from you enjoying that second beer or partying partying out at the bars or (laughs) Uh doing something. You're like, that's my money you're spending. Stop. Don't do that. So that one, that one's that, that one just that just gets yeah resentment filled friendship. Fun for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go to your you want to sure borrow is. money? Want to borrow money? Go to your parents. <laughs> right. <laughs> they already resent you. Go to them. <laughs> You've already been a burden for them. Just add another two hundred dollars <laughs> on top of it. It's fine. Exactly. Exactly. It's all good there. <laughs> <laughs> Brian. Hmm. I'm going to go with these annoying friends that say all the time, Hey, listen to my podcast. We're, <laughs> we're funny. We're entertaining. Uh, we kind of bring some different angles to, to a subject that maybe you'll find exciting. And uh, these assholes like <laughs> once a week are flooding your Facebook timeline and, 
interrupting the baby pictures that you hate looking at and interrupting the 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 <laughs> memes that are semi-racist on there and <laughs> these guys have to interrupt all that with their pimping of a podcast that you have no interest in listening to and they just they just won't go away and i just have to hide them and they just think they're funny and, and entertaining and they're just not so stop asking me to listen to your podcast the the best part about that is the fact that i don't do i don't they those friends those people that i have no affiliation with they don't do anything else on their facebook they just pimp their stuff they don't like your stuff they don't comment on your stuff it's purely about them it's real selfish of them and mm-hmm. i agree oh, yeah. the worst they're the just worst just brutal god i'm glad i don't know any of those people brian yeah, no what's kidding. your what's your third pick all right this is gonna might shock some people because it's a low-key honor but also a uh, burden <laughs> when your buddy says hey i'm getting married i want you to be there and i want you to be my best man mm-hmm. it's one of the best things they can ask you and potentially one of the worst things they can ask you mm-hmm. because you have the burden of thinking about that speech for months and months and months and newsflash most of you aren't very good at giving funny speeches but you still try to be funny everyone's still got a fake laugh at you then you got to go through the whole formality of the wedding there's a couple hours at the church you got formalities at the reception and it better be a really freaking fun reception for that last hour when people get to let loose for it to be worth it at all but we're happy for you friend (laughs) we're happy for you but it's a terrible thing to ask somebody to put all that work on them. They got to find the bachelor party and work all, with all those assholes scheduled to, to figure out where you're going. And well, dipshit can't afford $500 a night. So now we got to go to this place and <laughs> asshole number three can't travel for three weeks for three weeks. And then you got idiot number four that just doesn't want to go there. And it's just a nightmare trying to schedule those sometimes. So yeah. it's, it's, it's supposed to be an honor and it is most of the time but it's also one of the worst things you can ask your friends to do <laughs> that uh, is somewhat on my list the uh the bachelor party <laughs> was on my list okay. it was it's tough it is certainly tough but uh like you said absolute honor um and i am a really good really good best man speech giver i am like two for two on awesome best man speeches so get out of here with that shit I am a very hard O for one. <laughs> I'll say that. So yeah, that's if that's a that's an endorsement to not have me as your best man. If anyone's but listening, you were a solid one to. for one on officiating, right? Yeah, I'm like nine for nine on officiating. Or what? That's Whoa, right. you've married do, a lot of people. Let me go that that route's my better route. Wow, the scripts the scripts provided. I'm just up there, perf- somewhat performing, but just there for you guys and that's that that's a much better gig than the best man kitty the nikki lopez of wedding season <laughs> <laughs> he's not gonna wow you but he's also not gonna ruin it that's right that's right there you go i like it uh kitty i think we're to you right yep yeah i'm gonna go with people that just here watch this watch this watch this show watch this show watch this show watch this show <laughs> i haven't watched it in four years probably not gonna watch it this year so uh, that's you, you can stop you can stop asking me to watch the show for the last four years that you think i might like because that's good i haven't watched it yet so 
don't know. I probably I I don't dis distrust the person that's telling me to watch this, but it's over. <laughs> the ship has sailed. Yeah. I am not watching it. Yeah. The, I've got a weird pet peeve of when they do this, but when they suggest something to you, but they started out with, you should blank. It's like, don't tell me what I should or should not do. <laughs> you can say, I, I appreciate the suggestion. Tell me, hey, X and Y was really good. Don't tell me what I should and should not do. You don't I'm... get to do that. My wife gets to do that. You don't get to do that. My <laughs> wife does. So. I, I mean, I, I'm, it's a little pet peeve of mine. I'm, I'm with you on that. I say this as someone that's been on the, hey, you should watch this side of the same argument. So, right. Yes. I'm guilty. Of, I'm guilty of what I'm mad about other people doing. So it's, it's, this is not a all outward. This is also a little bit of an inward. Hey, you should stop doing this too. If, <laughs> for myself. Uh, if we're being completely honest here, I'm pro- we're all guilty of everything that we're going to say. Here. <laughs> oh, everything, yeah. Everything. For the everything. most part, yeah. We're just, we're friends and do the same thing that friends do. And that sometimes is the worst. So I think that goes without saying, but it's a good, yes. Yeah. yeah, Group therapy here. My draft board is everything that I've asked friends to do. I, I'm not saying any of my friends have done this. I've, (laughs) I just have been guilty about putting my friends through these. So that leads me to my last pick. Stop asking me to come on my podcast. I mean, stop asking something about coming on a podcast because clearly <laughs> if i think you're a good fit for a podcast i'm going to ask you to come on the podcast <laughs> but again this is stuff that just that i've done to other people i've uh-huh. i've invited myself on the podcast so <laughs> I, I need to stop doing that i understand that you know that's not what a good friend does so i'm gonna stop doing that and hope that everybody does it to me <laughs> but my last pick is um making me come up with lists that's going to alienate my friends because they're going to desert me. <laughs> my friends, you two have made me come up with things that my friends have done to me in the past. Now I'm now they're on the internet forever. Now they're going to hate me forever. So thank you. That's the worst thing that friends could do is make me come up with reasons for my friends to alienate me. We're growing here, Josh. <laughs> if that's the way we want to say it, that's fine. <laughs> Kitty, what's your final pick? I'm going to go with rides to and from the airport. That's on my list. <laughs> Especially when the airport is a solid 45 minutes away from me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, Josh, moving north of the wall, a little bit less of a uh, burden for you if that comes to pass. Well, I'm not coming to get, coming to get you. Uh, you can come right, to me, exactly. and then I will shoot you yeah. over to the – that's fine. Exactly. That way, yeah, that's that's much better way to go. But, yeah, just the – oh, 45-minute hour and a half for me today? Yeah. Cool. I'm in. This is awesome. I can't wait. Yep. Oh, what time is your plane get in? 6 a.m. or 11 p.m.? Those are the only two <laughs> options they had. That was it? There was no midday flight you guys no. couldn't find anywhere? Nope. No? Oh, 5 a.m. now? It's changed? Somehow yep. got earlier? Awesome. I can't wait to go to the airport at 5 a.m. Oh, this wait. It's been delayed? Sure. Oh, yeah. Now I'm on the already on the way to the airport? Oh, fantastic. You're circling the... the, the <laughs> circle the lot for two hours. Circle the lot for two hours? <laughs> uh, I have to go. I have to just go park in uh, the parking spot, parking for yep. two hours. And there you then... go. Spend seven dollars just to go. Uh, yeah, go econ Hang out in that lot. <laughs> you yep. could get away with that maybe twenty years ago, but especially nowadays, if a friend expects you to take them to the airport when there's Uber, Lyft, Uber, yeah. cabs. Yeah. I mean, there's so many options to have people get paid to take you and do this job 
that you want me to do for free like kitty said <laughs> at weird times of the day so always yeah. so late always seems to be so late that's a big time no-no in 2021 do not do true. that to your friends true brian bring us home oh god so many good ones still on my board here Which i'm gonna, gonna go do the most damage yep i'm gonna <laughs> let's do some damage it's a horrible thing to invite your friends to your kids' birthday parties. <laughs> Those should be for family only that have to go through that, a.k.a. pretend to enjoy that afternoon when you're sitting around mm-hmm. looking at each other and watching kids running around screaming. That should be strictly for family only, but sometimes your close friends, you know, the kids like to play, so let me, let me invite my buddy over. And then they go over there and they hate your guts for three hours. <laughs> Unless you do the only practical thing and that's have booze. Yes. Parents need to have booze at these things. That needs to be an option. You don't have to flaunt it. You can hide it in a solo sure. or something. But give give the guests a chance to enjoy themselves a little bit at their kid's birthday party so everyone can have a good time. And they're not resenting you for making you miss the Royals game that afternoon. <laughs> yep. <laughs> or you can have a heart and do booze and the Royals game that afternoon. Hell yes. That's the best no, no law against that. Yep. Be those friends. Mm-hmm. Much better. Well, uh, if we have any friends left <laughs> after this, um, <laughs> we appreciate you and your friend friendship. It means a lot to us. Um, just stop. Just stop asking us for things. It's fine. <laughs> um, it's going to be. Fun. We're, we're still going to be there for you and like. I don't know, digital ways, but just stop making us do things. <laughs> Clearly, that's what it's all about. But uh, I'll just pay speaking of friends, uh, yeah. <laughs> speaking of friends, each and every one of you listening right now or watching us, whatever you're doing, we consider you friends. We really appreciate you guys supporting the Cleaning Waivers podcast the way you do. Uh, it does certainly means uh, everything to us. We, uh, we absolutely appreciate you joining us every week. Um, if you haven't, go tell your friends. It might be another way that you can piss off your currently friends is keep promoting a podcast <laughs> that doesn't deserve promotion. Um, but uh, either way, we appreciate your attention. We'd love it if you could uh, subscribe to us, follow us at our social medias and the YouTube channel and the podcast. Go check out the great work over at RoyalsReview.com. Um, shout out to uh, the Heartland Pod. Uh, they're still doing their thing over there, still producing great content. So go check out the Heartland Pod uh, and Heartland Strong um but other than that i think that's all we've got for this week go royals go chiefs we've got some fun stuff kind of planned in the next few weeks so uh stay tuned for some of that we got some interviews uh some old friends some new friends coming up uh so keep an eye on all that but uh other than that for kitty and brian and myself we appreciate you one more time top top for now